Doreen, I want to pick up on these huge problems that you talk about, environmental issues and so on, and the point that David made earlier, that the social sciences promised in some sense in the 19th century to deliver some answers to social problems, that if you could disclose the inner functioning of a society, you could somehow generate policy prescriptions, plans, interventions that can actually bring about the common good. Why do you think it is that the social sciences don't seem to have delivered that? Is there any reason? Or am I wrong? Have they delivered it? How would you, how would you uh, answer that question? Well, I think it would be wrong to, to say that social sciences haven't and the natural sciences have, because, of course, the natural sciences have produced their own significant disasters or things that we may not wish entirely to go along with. So I don't think we can put it all down to social sciences as, some, as a specific problem that we have. I mean, in part, it is that knowledge is always insufficient. We are always developing it. But I think there's also something that is specific to social sciences, which complicates our task enormously. We said earlier that social sciences are something that we know, but they're also something that we do. And it's really important to remember that to do social sciences is actually to pursue an activity within society. In other words, we're doing it within the very thing that we are studying. We can't somehow climb out of society to some vantage point that's not within it at all and look down upon it. So, uh, for instance, we produce statistics endlessly in the newspapers and in journals. We see uh, the results of research by social scientists. And the, the, the publication of the results of that research can have an effect itself. So the publication of facts over and over again that the old nuclear family is breaking down, that the numbers of divorces are going up. People read that and they think, hmm, well, you know, what I thought was the norm isn't so much the norm anymore. Maybe it wouldn't be so awful if I didn't do the expected thing and settle down and marry a man just as a, I was brought up to. In other words, the publication of and the, the understanding of the results of the process of doing social science when fed back into the society in which we are studying enables that society to function differently. And that is a very important phenomenon that we have to... It gives us both incredible responsibilities, yes, but also a degree... Well, and because of that, a degree of power that we have to be very, very careful about what it is we're doing when we do social sciences and how we do it. David? I think your question radically underestimates how successful the social sciences have been in shaping the world. If anything, I'm with Doreen on this. That is to say, the worry is that social sciences have been so influential, they haven't fully foreseen, as it were, the nature and extent of their responsibility. Let me give you an example. Politics grew out of thinking about the study of government, and it grew out very much in the context that I set out earlier, the, uh, the crisis of the relationship between church and state, the struggle between church and state for power and separation, the rise of enlightenment thinking and so on. Now, among the earliest thinkers in this respect were Machiavelli, Hobbes and Locke. Now, they all wrote from different uh, perspectives and at different points in time. But let me just take Machiavelli. Many people know Machiavelli's name. Machiavelli is associated with Machiavellian views of power. But this shows, actually, that we don't really understand Machiavelli very well. Machiavelli wasn't about simply manipulating power to the advantage of princes or princesses. But Machiavelli's view of the world was this. Because there wasn't a natural or God-given view of the world, Machiavelli said, we have to worry about the nature and shape of political power. 
In the context of the crisis of church-state relations, the question is, how should we understand political power? What should be the nature of government's authority? And what is the legitimacy of political action? Now, these are very fundamental questions. And in thinking about them, thinkers like Machiavelli, Hobbes, Locke and others developed the concept of the modern state, in particular, a secular conception of power, sovereignty, which was fundamentally influential in reshaping the modern world. This idea of sovereign authority, distinct from religious authority, in the 100, 200, 300 years since Machiavelli, Hobbes and Locke were writing, has revolutionized the whole conception of political power. Machiavelli, as it were, was an early political scientist, likewise Hobbes and Locke. But if you think of most of the big concepts we think with today, sovereignty, sexuality, let's say after the revolution in psychoanalysis from Freud, class and class struggle after all Karl Marx's insights and so on, the nature of welfare and the welfare state, the question of gender and gender identities. It's the social sciences exploration of these things and the systematic thinking about these things that has, as Doreen said, fundamentally reshaped what Levi Strauss, an anthropologist, used to call the goods we have to think with. So I would say that the social sciences illuminate the world for us in all sorts of ways. And from that illumination, sometimes positive and, of course, sometimes negative, come a diversity of insights. But one of the things those insights generate is quite marked changes in our own understanding of what it is that we're about. And they have marked political influence. We started with a personal uh, question. I'd like to close with a personal question. As powerful and responsible social scientists, I wonder, Doreen, what do you get out of being a social scientist? What is it? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Why do you do it? I, I still get, after all these years, I still get an amazing feeling of, of excitement in doing social sciences. Sometimes, you know, just those occasional moments when something clicks into place and you suddenly feel, yeah. I understand that. I think I know what's going on there. Even though it might change, even though it's only provisional, there are those moments of insight and understanding which I get a, a real buzz out of. And I, still, every, every time that happens, I love it. And the other thing is, precisely picking up on our previous discussions, it matters. It really matters. I think it's important what social scientists say. We have a huge responsibility. It's a privilege and, and, a, and a kind of burden, but I would want to participate in it, yes. David? I still get a buzz out of the fact that each time I read a good article or each time I'm able to pursue some systematic research, it does help me, albeit in a limited way, understand something about the world I didn't understand before. One of the greatest social scientists of all times, Max Weber, talked about warring gods. But what he meant by warring gods is that we all face a life in which we are pushed and pulled by different poles of attractiveness and repulsion, as it were, values that attract us and things that we don't like. And these gods aren't just simply religious gods. They're the gods of consumption. They're like McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Madonna, the Spice Girls. There's football and all sorts of things. Now, Max Weber said, and I think it's right, the social sciences can't help you answer the question, which of these gods you should choose to make sense of your own life. But they can help you understand the consequences of choosing different sorts of gods. And I think at the end of the day, if we can do that in a very small and modest way, the journey's been worthwhile. Doreen, David, thank you very much. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.